Hi everyone, let's talk a little bit about experimental design. Um, we have this mantra that um, there really is no causation without experimentation. It's just this idea that you can't necessarily uh, conclude that one thing causes another without doing some experiments to confirm such a thing. So uh, we use it in marketing in this certain, certainly in this digital age, all the time. So let's talk about uh, some of it a little bit. So first of all, what is an experiment? It's just a procedure where you're basically um, testing variables, where you manipulate some particular variable to see what effect it has uh, on an outcome variable. You can also call this an effect variable. And we control for other variables that could possibly influence uh, the effect. Those things that could influence the effect are what we call confounds. So you hold a sale on umbrellas, you know, 50% off umbrellas, and there's a run on the store. Uh, it also happened to be rainy that day, so did the umbrellas sell because of the discount or because of the rain? So it's probably a little bit of both, but without uh, doing some sort of experimentation, uh, you can't get a good sense of the, the big picture. So let's talk through some things. First of all, what we call causal inference. Some people mistakenly write and sometimes refer to this as casual influence or inference. They uh, kind of flip or transpose a couple letters, but it's causal. It's just inferring a cause and effect relationship. So in order for there to be a cause and effect relationship, uh, a causal statement, uh, X must occur before Y there must be some sort of relationship between X and Y and you also have to control for um, you know any other causal factors that could be causing a problem okay normally you will manipulate uh, X so for example in a uh, online ad experiment uh, you, you would have two different versions of the same ad the ad would be X and you know creating multiple versions is meaning you're you're manipulating uh, the um, independent variable again that we're calling X okay this uh, um, you know testing for this causal inference you've got to be able to assess uh, using data in some way um, you will also uh, make sure you do some randomization and other things to make sure that you're not introducing uh, bias okay so kind of the procedure to do an experiment you first of all decide on your treatments these are your manipulations again uh, ad version would be an example of this then you design the experimental design you recruit participants and run this experiment and then you analyze the data and um, draw some sort of conclusions and then hopefully come up with some implications of those conclusions um, seems pretty simple in, in, uh, uh, in statement but um, obviously there's, there's a lot more to it than that okay so deciding on your treatments you know what is it you're trying to test um, you know is it just what ad you know generates the most clicks you know what uh, color in a catalog is going to uh, create the most purchases whatever it might be um, how many factors, just basically how many variables and levers, levels of variables 
are you interested in testing? The more you have, the more complicated it gets. Okay, um, and then ultimately, what will we do if we get you know some valid, relevant information here? Is it about improving the ad? Is it about you know something else? Uh, there's lots of things. Okay, so there's lots of different uh, what we call experimental designs. You know, designs you would use to put together um, your experiments. Um, Typically, we'll create some sort of outline on paper, uh, and then generally, you know, in today's age, surveys are uh, administered online, and there's lots of different um, websites that you can use to do this. Uh, Qualtrics is probably the most popular example. Uh, SurveyMonkey is one. You can even do it in what's called Google Forms, which is part of the Google Drive package. So, lots of ways uh, to do this. Okay. In designing the experiment, some different options you have available are what's called after only. Just basically, you're not going to have a, a pre and a post uh, treatment. You're just going to measure kind of the after effect. Um, and then we have something called multi-factor, where you have you know multiple variables involved. Then you have something called before and after, where you're going to um, make some sort of measurement before an experimental treatment and then again you re-measure it after the experimental treatment to measure the difference so for example you uh, measure people's attitudes towards coca-cola then you show them an advertisement and then you re-measure uh, their attitudes towards coca-cola that would be before and after okay and then we have what we call between subject versus within subject you have to decide which which you want to do so between subject is you're comparing subject to subject in their responses. Within subject just basically means you're going to measure within the same subject numerous times and measure the differences. Okay. Uh, longitudinal studies where you're going to measure maybe add attitudes over time would be an example of a, a within subjects design. Okay. Um, if you go with the after-only design, let's assume you're just doing two different groups. Basically, all you're going to do is the measurement you take in each group. You're just going to subtract one from the other um, to uh, determine your effect. Okay, there's really not much to that. The only important thing is you've got to make sure that you randomize your subjects so to help ensure that there's really no uh, no bias involved. I did mention it is pop it is possible to test multiple factors so um, you can test lots of different things um, in marketing you know anything within the four P's anything with targeting uh, positioning those types of things can be tested and you can test multiple ones at the same time okay um, just again uh, the more you know factors you include the more subject you need and it gets a little bit more complicated so for example uh, you could have income as one factor high high income versus low income and you could have one factor that's price you know a ten dollar price versus a twenty dollar price so now you're you're looking at the impact of income and price on say purchase habits so it gets a little bit more uh, involved that that way okay so some terms that are important to know with experimentation is uh, first one is dependent variable that's kind of the effect or the outcome um, so that would be the click rate or the number of units purchased or whatever 
The independent variable is the, the variable that you are manipulating. So uh, it could be, in our previous example, it could be income, it could be the different levels of price you're going to test. Those would be the independent variables. And then a moderator variable is a variable that kind of um, floats between, well, it kind of resides between your major independent variable and your dependent variable. It's, it's something that changes the way the independent variable affects the dependent variable. So for example, income could be a moderator on the, the price preferences that we just talked about. So that's moderator variable. Um, you can do two group before and after. So you've got um, group one and group two. You, you measure some, you know, something. Maybe it's attitude towards Coca-Cola. Then each of them get a different version of a Coke ad. And then you remeasure their attitudes towards Coca-Cola after they see the ads. And then you can, um, you know, look at differences in the two groups. Okay. So challenge with before and after like this is um, dropouts. You've got to make sure that those who uh, start out at the beginning of the study are also there at the end of the study. So you have some, you make sure that you have, uh, you know, two, two measurements for each subject to subtract one uh, from the other. Okay? So that's the two group before and after design. Um, within subjects, again, um, you use the same group of subjects with more than one treatment. Again, um, you know, longitudinal is a good example. Between subject, you're going to test the different treats, treatments between different subjects. Um, you know, not, not really uh, a whole lot else to kind of add to that discussion at this particular point in time. Um, just know those are two different ways uh, to do it. Uh, when talking about participants, I've mentioned this a couple times already, it's important that uh, your participants are randomly assigned to different groups experimental groups, treatment groups, whatever you want to call them, because that eliminates bias. You know, you know, if you were just uh, choosing who went in each group just deliberately, you could end up with some uh, uh, bias in your results, which will impact your validity. Uh, sample size is an issue. You have to have enough people in your groups in order to uh, ensure that your experimental results can kind of mirror, you know, what would happen in the real world. Um, talking about external validity here, so uh, there's that. There's also, you know, internal validity, statistical validity. This, you know, if you if you only have like four people in each of your experimental groups, it doesn't really tell you much. But as you uh, have a larger and larger sample size, you reach a critical mass where we can, um, you know, be reasonably certain that our results will hold in other applications. Okay, and then finally recruitment. We can recruit subjects in lots of different ways. Um, you can pay them. You can uh, use students in, in exchange for extra credit. You can do what's called snowball sampling. There's lots of things uh, involved in recruitment. Okay, um, so um, we have in recruitment what we call a convenience sample, which is basically you're going to recruit people that you can easily find. Again, your Facebook friends, um, and you ask them to tell other people. That's what we call a snowball sample. Um, there are professional panels that you can, you know, pay to use. 
Um, there's lots of different things, but you, you want to make sure that uh, the sample is somewhat randomized and somewhat reflects the population as a whole, because if not, then your experiment results don't really mean a whole lot. Okay? I mentioned validity earlier. Internal validity is a type of, is a type of validity where um, the observed results are indeed due to the experiment. Um, not due to some outside factors. Uh, and then we have what we call external validity. It's the, the degree to which the results of your experiment will hold outside of the experiment. Okay, so um, we show two groups, uh, Coke ads, and one is shown to do a much better job of improving attitudes towards Coke. Um, we will say that has high external validity if indeed in the real world that, that uh, preferred ad does indeed improve attitudes. Okay? Um, there's often a trade-off between the two. You know, internal validity uh, is super important, but it can hurt external validity in a lot of ways. It's just hard to, to test for all the factors um, that uh, you'll be influenced by in the real world. And so it's just really hard. Okay? But at the, at the end of the day, you've got to have internal validity in order to be you know, confident in your results and, and the results and the, you know, the, the, the thought that your experimental treatment did indeed determine the effect or the outcome. Okay? Um, we can do lab experiments in a lab or we can do them in the field, which just means you know, outside of the lab, quite simply. Okay? Uh, lab experiments much have much more higher uh, internal validity and uh, field experiments have the exact opposite okay so um, but then the question the question becomes well you know laboratory experiments are, are fine and good but shouldn't we be doing field experiments because you know our products on the shelves or the ads that people see are going to be seen in the real world in the, out in the field so isn't that really more important? And you know the, the response is yes and no. Yes, of course, um, you want to somehow mimic the real world, but if you mimic the real world too much, you lose your internal validity, and so you may not have a really good grasp on did that experimental treatment uh, cause the effect that you uh, obtained. So that's all we're going to say about experiments. Um, just kind of a primer into them. Just know that they're they're very popular in marketing research. We use them a lot. Um, there's lots of examples of companies who have uh, kind of bypassed them and, and had lots of problems. Uh, Coke is a good example of that. Uh, Tropicana is a good example of that. There's there's many others. So um, that's all I have. Have a good day.